back out tonight. It's good to be together again today. I don't know if you heard in the news this week, but the Southern Baptists were in the spotlight for their convention uh, where they decided and voted to ban women preachers. They specifically uh, kicked out um, Rick Warren and his Saddleback Church in California because they have began, begun using women preachers, and they uh, kicked out another church in Louisville, Kentucky because they are using a uh, using women preachers. It made a lot of headlines. Uh, I heard it on the radio on Wednesday afternoon, um, and um, it's all in the news. Now, um, to, along the lines of this news story, Rick Warren has come out, and he has repented of what he calls sins against women because he previously believed that they should not. Uh, serve in the role of uh, leadership in the church. He said um, on Twitter, he said, I publicly apologize to every good woman in my life, church, and ministry that I failed to speak up for in my years of ignorance. He says, it breaks my heart now, and I'm truly repentant and sorry for my sin. Christian women, will you forgive me? Will you please forgive me? Uh, and he goes on and he talks about the fact that he had uh, told women that they couldn't use their God-given gifts of leadership and talent and that he was, uh, he was wrong for that and he's sorry. I would like to spend a whole lesson talking about the Southern Baptist voting to determine what is truth and what should be used as what should be doctrine. That is a lesson in and of itself. But we won't do that tonight. Instead, I'd like to talk what, about what the, women, the, the Bible teaches about women preachers, and uh, let, let's let the Bible determine what's correct. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands at the end of this lesson. We'll just let the Bible uh, determine what's true and what we should be practicing. And this is not just an issue that's facing the Southern Baptist. In fact, it's an issue that is creeping up in churches that claim to be churches of Christ, not too far from here, in 2014, the Fourth Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin began to use a woman in the pulpit. Lauren King was her name. She was a senior, I believe, at David Lipscomb, and she took the pulpit there at Fourth Avenue. And so this is an issue that is affecting churches that claim to be churches of Christ. So let's look at what the Bible teaches on this matter of women preachers. Fundamentally... We have to understand that this is an issue of Bible authority. This isn't an issue about what we think is best, what we like, what our society is saying. This is an issue of what the Bible says. And we have to have Bible authority for all that we do. I hope that you can all recite Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 by memory. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. We have to be doing everything that we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. That doesn't just mean we say Jesus' name every time we do something. It means we do things based upon the authority that He has given us. All authority is His. He said so in Matthew chapter 28. And we need to do things based upon the dictates of His Word. The authority has to come from God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have what we need here. We have to get our authority from here for everything that we do. Together as a church and in our individual life, we have to have authority for the things that we do. And what we think is right, what we think is best, what we think by our human estimation is fair, doesn't enter into the equation. God's Word determines what's truth. God's Word determines what we need to be doing in our practice. Matthew chapter 15, verse 9. Matthew chapter 15, verse 9 says that if we act without authority, it will make our worship and service to God vain, useless, rubbish. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, In vain they worship me, teaching as, as doctrines the commandments of men. And so the commandments of men doing what we think is best, that will lead into destruction. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so I say all of that to lay the groundwork and to remind you of what we talk about frequently, but it's so important in this discussion, especially in this discussion that is emotionally charged. We need to make sure that we let the Bible be our only standard of authority, not what we think, not what society says, but what, our, what the Bible teaches. As we go further into this discussion, we need to define terms, as is the case with Lots of topics we talk about uh, from a biblical perspective. We need to define terms and be very clear about what we're talking about. And we want to talk about little, look a little bit here about what preaching is. The English word preach means to proclaim publicly or to teach. And that is very similar to the plethora of Greek words that are translated preach in our New Testament. And I have them on the screen and I will save you the laughter of trying to pronounce them, but they're here. There, there are multiple words here. I think there are over 10, 11 maybe. Uh, no, there's 13. Sorry, there's 13 Greek words that are translated preach in our New Testament. But it's interesting that these Greek words that are translated preach are also translated into other words. For example, the first is, is, is translated preach in these passages here, Matthew 3, uh, 1, 4, 17, etc., but it's also uh, translated proclaim and publish. And we're going to look at this in, in a little bit in, in, the, in the scriptures as to where we see this word, these words used in multiple ways. And so it can mean to preach, what we would use the word preach, but it could also mean to proclaim. The next word that is translated preach can also be translated declared or bring good tidings or declare, declare glad tidings or to preach the gospel. Keep this in mind as we go forward. The next word can be uh, translated preach, but it can also be just translated to be speak or to show or declare or to teach. All right. Strong defines that first word to be a herald, to officiate as a herald, to proclaim after the manner of a herald, always with the suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. This other word means to announce good news by Strong's. This last one, to declare, preach, show, speak of, or teach. So we go on. We have another word that can be translated preach. It's also translated reason with, dispute, or speak. Strong defines that word as to say thoroughly, that is discuss in argument or exhortation. Uh, dispute, preach unto, reason with, or speak. The next word can be translated preach or it could just be translated to speak or to talk. 
And it means to talk or utter words, to preach, to say, to speak, to talk, to tell, to utter. This last one on the screen here can be preach or declare. It means to herald thoroughly, to declare, to preach, to signify. And then finally, we have two more that mean to preach boldly or speak boldly, and it means to be frank in utterance or confident in spirit and demeanor by strong. And finally, the last one uh, translates, is trans can be translated teach or instruct. It means to disciple or enroll as a scholar, uh, to instruct and to teach. I don't put those words up there to help you get some sleep tonight, but what I do put them up there for is to help us understand what we're talking about when we're talking about preaching. We have a very formalized view of preaching that isn't always supported by the text. We think of preaching that you've got to stand up in a pulpit in, in front of a crowd. But the words that are translated preach can also be translated teach many times or spread the news. For example, can women fulfill the command of Mark 16, 15, and 16? In Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Can women do what Mark 16, 15, and 16 says? Can they preach the gospel to every creature? I believe they can. Notice also this same word that is translated preach in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. It means to be a herald, to, to publish and proclaim. Look at Mark 5 where this word is used again. Mark 5, verses 19 and 20. However, Jesus did not permit him. This is the leper who wanted to go with Jesus. Who had, I'm sorry, the, the man who had been demon healed who wanted to go with Jesus. The demons had been cast out of him. He wanted to go and be with Jesus. Jesus did not permit him, but said, go home, and tell, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. He was to go and declare what Jesus had said. He, was to go, he went home and he proclaimed what Jesus said. We could translate that. He went home and preached. He shared the news. He spread the news. And so when we talk about preaching, women can preach from that sense of the word. Also notice in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus didn't specify gender here, did he? He said, go and make disciples and tell those disciples what I told you, which was he told them to go make disciples, and so the disciples need to make disciples, and the disciples need to make disciples, and so on it goes. And men and women can make disciples, can't they? Men and women can share the news. And so when we talk about preaching, we need to understand and be specific in this discussion what we mean when we talk about preaching. Preaching can just be spreading the good news in the discussion under uh, uh, consideration tonight, we're talking about the preaching in an audience, right? Of a position of leadership. In the Bible, I want to tell you, places restrictions on how women are to teach. The Bible places restrictions on how women are to teach. Are women to teach? Absolutely. Bible, the Bible places restrictions on that, though, and that's what we need to be very clear about. 
We know, for example, that women did teach. Acts 18 is one example of that. Acts 18, verse 26. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Aquila and Priscilla. Priscilla taught a woman, and she taught a man. We also know that women were commanded to teach. Look at Titus chapter 2. In Titus chapter 2, beginning of verse 3. Titus chapter 2, beginning of verse 3. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. I believe the King James Version here would translate that word admonish to be teach, that they teach the younger women. Older women are to be teaching. We know in the first century people taught. We know that they were commanded to teach. Women were commanded to teach. We have other verses here that would tell, imply to us that women were teaching in the first century in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, look at verse 1 beginning. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death, and at that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committed, committing them to prison. Therefore those who were scattered, who were male, went everywhere preaching the word. Doesn't say that, does it? Well, we know that women were to teach. And it makes sense here that those who were scattered went forth proclaiming, spreading the news about Christ. We're not talking about preaching in a formal setting here, right? We can spread the news over a cup of tea. We can spread the news over the fence between us and the neighbor. If we're on a boat traveling away from persecution, we could spread the news in the hull of a ship or preach, if you will. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, we have a prophecy about women teaching. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. <coughs> Women were prophesying or teaching under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were prophesying. In Acts chapter 21, in Acts chapter 21, we read about the Philip the Evangelist. And notice what he had. And the next day we were, who were uh, Paul's companions, departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Philip's daughters were teaching under the influence of the Holy Spirit, prophesying. So certainly women can teach. But again, the Bible is very clear on the restrictions on how that is to be done. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the passage that Joseph just read for us, verse 34 beginning. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. 
And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally to, from you? Or was it only you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Now we're starting to see the restrictions on this, aren't, they? aren't we? Can women teach? Yes. Can they proclaim the good news? Yes. Can they spread the news of Jesus? Absolutely. In fact, they're commanded to. But there are restrictions placed on how that must be done. And the restrictions are that it cannot happen in the assembly. Women are to not speak in the assembly. Now, we know that this speaking is a qualified speaking. It's qualified by other passages. Gosh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 commands us to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So women are told don't speak in 1 Corinthians 14, but they're commanded to speak in Ephesians 5, verse 19. They're also told that we're not to teach. We know that teaching is qualified in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So can women speak in our assemblies? Yes. Can women teach in our assemblies? Yes. Through song, through singing. But they cannot violate what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34. This is about submission, isn't it? And about authority. They cannot speak in a way that takes authority or dominion. There are a lot of people who look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14 verses 34 and 35, and, uh, and through 37, and say, well, this is just Paul being a male chauvinist. Paul didn't like women. It was something to do with, I don't know, maybe Paul's mother or grandmother or something in his life caused him to have a real bad attitude about women. And he was just showing that here in his writing. That's not the case, is it? Notice what he says here. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. This is God's will. If anyone wants to throw 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 out of the Bible... And say that's just Paul's opinion? No, no, no. Keep reading. This is God's instruction. God says women are to be silent in the churches. So there's another passage that we need to look at for this qualification on how women are to teach. Again, they're commanded to teach, but there are restrictions and limitations placed on that. First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy chapter two, beginning of verse eleven. We looked at this Wednesday night. 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgressions. This is not, as some would say, just portraying the cultural mores or cultural norms of the first century. That in the first century, there was, though that was the way that women were to interact in the first century, and Paul was just writing to Timothy saying, listen, you just go along with it. It isn't right. It isn't what God wants. But in the first century, in these times when there are a lot of problems with how people view women, you just tell them to learn in silence with all submission. 
just go along with the times. That's not what Paul says here. That's not the basis for the instruction that he gives. Why did Paul give the instruction? Why did he say that this needed to be? Well, he said, first, all, first of all, he says, it is the order of creation. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Because of the order of creation, this is the way it should be in the church. And second, he said, because Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived. Women aren't held responsible for the first sin, but there are consequences that go along with the first sin. And this would be one of the consequences, I would say. One of the consequences that we all deal with. Men still deal with the consequences of the first sin. Women do as well. But notice what this verse is emphasizing again. This verse is emphasizing submission. This verse is emphasizing authority. Women are to be in submission Women are not to have authority over a man, teaching or having, over or having authority over a man is forbidden. Remember, all speaking isn't forbidden, or else we'd have a contradiction with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, which tells us to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. All speaking isn't forbidden, so this silence doesn't mean that a woman can't make a noise in the assembly. Furthermore, all teaching isn't forbidden. This teaching here is not, all teaching is not forbidden. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We have to harmonize all of the Bible to understand what God wants from us here. And his, the focus of this verse is teaching or having authority over a man. And a woman, if she were to take the stage, if she were to take the podium, would be violating that instruction. She'd be having authority over a man, and she would be teaching over a man. I hope that's clear. Are women to be teaching? Absolutely. But there are restrictions and guidelines on how she should be doing that teaching. And those restrictions would preclude her from taking the position that I'm in now in front of you. But she could be teaching, and she should be teaching and spreading the word. Well, there are some folks who would say, you know, if that's the case, then that just is implying that you think that women are inferior. I'll tell you, this does not imply inferiority. The Bible tells us that we have different roles. Males and females have different roles and responsibilities. But because those roles are different, it does not imply inferiority. Do you have the same roles as your boss at work? No. Does that mean you're inferior to your boss at work? No. It just means that you have different roles. Do you have different roles than the President of the United States? Are you in submission to the President of the United States? You better be. Does that mean you're any less human or yet you're inferior to the President of the United States? No. You just have different roles. Men and women have different roles. Our society doesn't like that. Our society really bucks up against that idea that we would have different roles, but that's what God has established. And we need to embrace that. It doesn't mean inferiority. But we have roles that God has given us, and we must fulfill those roles. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, but you're all one in Christ Jesus. Now... When Paul wrote this, were there Jews and Greeks? Yes. 
Were there slave men and free men? Yes. Were there males and females? Yes. But in God's eyes, we're all one. We're all of equal importance to God. There is no inferiority because we have different roles. We need to understand that. It's very clear from the Scriptures. Well, when we say that, 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 we have, that there are restrictions on how a woman is to teach, some would also argue and, and push back and say, well, you're saying then that women are unimportant. That if, you, if a woman can't teach in a public manner like this, if she can't take the pulpit and preach the gospel, then you're just saying she's unimportant. And she just be relegated to the back room somewhere, and it doesn't matter. No. Women are important. I don't know if you can read the text there on the screen. It's kind of tiny, but if you can't, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Notice how we're all important to God and how we're all important to each other. And we need to understand that, and we need to value each other. We need to be thankful for each other, by the way. Everyone. We need to be thankful for everyone in this congregation because we're all important to the work that needs to happen here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have all been made to drink into that one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a, of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not a, an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have need, no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having great, given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. There's no unimportant parts in your human body. You ready to cut anything off of your body and say, I don't really need that? No. So it is in the church. Because we say we have different roles, that doesn't mean that any role is more important than the other or that women are somehow in, unimportant. No. We're all important, we're all valuable, and we're all needed in this church. Someone might say, well then, if you're saying that women can't take the pulpit and preach, are you saying that women aren't supposed to be spreading the gospel? No, we've covered that, haven't we? Women are to be spreading the gospel. Women need to be teaching. There are commands. There are specific commands to teach. Commands specific to women to teach. Women need to be teaching. We all need to be teaching. Hebrews chapter 5 is another passage where there's no gender specified here. 
This is male and female, I believe. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Did the writer of Hebrews say, now I'm just talking to the men here. Women, don't worry about the next few verses. No, this is all of us, isn't it? We all need to be maturing to where we are to the point we can share the gospel with others. We can teach others, men and women alike. We all need to be teaching. And finally this evening, I want to tell you that I believe that what we see going on in the religious world, which is something that the religious world has been struggling with here in recent history a lot. This hasn't always been the way it's been, by the way that women would take roles of leadership in the church. That is, it has been a struggle that's going on now. The Southern Baptists are having the struggle right now in 2023. Other denominations are struggling with this. But I want to tell you this is another example of the world influencing folks who claim to be Christians. And when we combine the influence of the world with human reasoning, I want to tell you the results are devastating. The world is influencing those who claim to be following Christ. We must understand that we have to stand against the influence and pressures of the world. And this is a danger for us in this room, that the world can begin to push against us and influence our thinking away from what God would have us to be thinking and how God would have us to be doing things in favor of the image and the message that the devil wants us to believe. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to what the devil is trying to sell you through the world. Be transformed. Be against that. And you're transformed by renewing your mind, by making sure that your thoughts and your opinions line up with this, not with what the media is selling you, not what the people you have contact with in the world are telling you, but what God is telling you. Religious people have done a very bad job of that in recent times. We've got to make sure that we're different. Colossians chapter 2, beginning of verse 6. Colossians chapter 2, beginning of verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. When we begin to listen to these messages that we're getting in the world around us, Instead of listening to Christ, we will be taken away from what God would have us to be and will be in the hands of the devil. Society is pushing against us. We've got to stand on guard against that. But not only is society pushing against us, I want to tell you our human reasoning will get in the way of us being what God would have us to be as well. You know, someone looks at, at this, this topic and this issue from a purely human perspective and human reasoning I'll tell you, they'll be led away from what God would have us to be. Paul said it very clearly in Acts 26, verse 9. Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. 
When we just rely on our own human reasoning, I'm going to tell you, it will not cause us to be aligned with God's will for us. When we let society influence us and we throw our own human reasoning into the mix, the results will be devastating. You might take a minute to look at some of the uh, arguments in favor of women preachers that specifically Rick Warren is making. And it's very easy to see the fallacy of what he is claiming is the justification for women taking a leading role in churches. It's very easy to see that. But you see, when we're influenced by the world and we throw our human reasoning in the mix, it is a recipe for disaster. Well, I hope that the things that we've talked about tonight have reminded us of the truths of God's Word on this important subject. Are women important? Absolutely. Are women inferior? Not in one iota. God has given us different roles. We're all to be spreading the gospel. We're all to be doing it in the parameters within which God has given us to spread the gospel and following His instruction and His will for us in our life. The question for you then tonight is, are you following His will? Not only in this area, but in every area of your life. Or have you allowed society to have an impact on you? Are you submitting to God in what He says about every aspect of your life? In every matter, are you submissive to Him? If not, why not? Why aren't you giving Him what He wants? He wants you to submit to Him. And if you haven't done that yet, or if you've done that and you've drifted away from Him, could you make correction to that? Would you do it now? And if we can help, will you let us help while we stand and sing?